Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team that looked pretty terrible in the 1-0 defeat to Newcastle on Sunday. It was a real slog on the time. We'll get to that in a moment. Plus, Frankie brings the heat with today's spicy question. But before we work our way through all that, it's time I check up on the man himself. Frankie, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Uh, I was so utterly downcast after uh, the Newcastle game that I uh, resorted to uh, having a few drinks. Um, That's what I was driven (laughs) to and uh, just binging on The Simpsons. So um, (laughs) thank God for Disney Plus and the classic era of The Simpsons, uh, because I just ended up watching the the X-Files episode um, from from season eight, the golden era. Yeah. And... um, One joke I'd completely forgotten about in that episode, it's really funny all the way through, but at the start, Homer keeps telling Lenny and Carl about a movie he's seen. Mm. (laughs) He goes, I saw this movie about a bus that had to speed around a city, (laughs) keeping its speed over 50, and if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't (laughs) Slow Down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just so good, isn't it? Off my seat, like just the little jokes you forget about that. You know, you remember Mulder and Scully being in that one episode, and yeah, Mr. Burns bringing love, but it's just <laughs> that was just little moments like that. Like, ah, oh, it it's cheered one of, me it's up. One, it's one of those things where I watched The Simpsons when I was much younger, and mm. so many of the kind of jokes like that really went over my head, and yet I still loved yeah. it. And it just sort of appealed to all sorts of ages. And yeah, I think I need to go. I need to get a Disney Plus account, maybe. I need to get back on it and, and, and rewatch some of these episodes. So it was well worth it. Watched Moana at the weekend. Big oh, yeah? fan of Moana. Yeah, big fan of Moana. Thought it was very is it, good. Is it because you've, you've got this thing about The Rock? Well, you know, me and The Rock, <laughs> we go way back. You know, we're, we're good mates, me and The Rock. <laughs> I love The Rock. He's, he's the man, isn't he? He's the man. Can I just explain to our listeners that Frankie um, <laughs> once you well you did I did you interview the Rock as I part did, of your work yeah, you, did, so you did yeah. interview him and um, yeah. and a photo was taken of you <laughs> really sort of tucked into the far side of the photo <laughs> you could probably maybe see your nose and your arm holding the microphone yeah and and there's the Rock there smiling back at you and I think Jack Black is also there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just. To, just to add to that, um, yeah. and uh, and you've got that. You've now got that image. It's framed. It's taking pride of place somewhere in your. It, um, it has. It became such a running joke that my sister made a keyring out of it, <laughs> and uh, I even took it to Australia because I just kept doing this running joke on Instagram stories that I would bring it wherever I was. And when I went to Australia, because my girlfriend's Australian, I travelled over and said, "I said uh, the uh, the in-flight entertainment's good." And then the camera turns around to me, just holding up a picture of me, the rock shaking hands. You're, so, you're getting yeah. you're getting buried with that photo, aren't you, Frankie? Yeah, and genuinely, I think so. <laughs> uh, happiest moment of my life, I think. Yeah, um, I never used to care about meeting anyone. But I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't really care about it. But then met. But when he turned up, I was like, "It's my childhood hero." You know, it's like if I see like. <laughs> If I, you know, if I'd seen, you know, Dean Saunders or Dwight York or someone, I'd lose my mind. It's, it's something about childhood heroes that just yeah, makes there, you feel there like is, there is something about that, and um, and that will, I think, I think we'll sort of touch on this in the uh, in the spicy question, uh, which I have, which I have already seen. But there's certainly that moment where you see a childhood hero, like I saw 
Steve Staunton and Andy Townsend at Birmingham International Airport, probably jetting off on Irish international duty. Yeah. And I remember seeing them and just stop and just stop. Like I stopped in my tracks, you know, mm. mouth open. Cause like you just, when you see people that you just always see on TV in, in a mm. completely different context, yeah. I think when you're when you're a kid, it like blows your mind. Blows your mind. You think yeah. like they don't. You think like they do nothing else. Like they're yeah. just on a football pitch their entire lives. Yeah. So when you see them in real life in the flesh, you're just kind of yeah, just yeah, blown away. Like that time when me and you saw Dynamo Magician that one time. <laughs> in Nando's. Yeah, in Nando's, of all places. Yeah, that was incredible. Fantastic. Yeah, most mm. random celeb yeah. spot. Ever. Well, that, well, that was it because because he was right behind us. We will yeah. talk about Aston Villa in a moment. Yeah, we will before. talk about Villa. The game was that is... bad that we're just yeah. <laughs> delaying the inevitable. <laughs> yeah, we're distracting ourselves. But yeah, you. So I had my back to him, yeah. and you were facing me, and then subsequently facing Dynamo, and then you sort of like, you sort of lowered, you lowered your butterfly chicken, <laughs> and you were, and you were like, George. mouth agape. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Frankie, what's wrong? He's like, George, I think Dynamo is here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it is. Yeah, yeah. it definitely was him. It definitely was him. Yeah. But I mean, I tell you what, we could have used Dynamo on Sunday, couldn't we? To work his magic. We could have done. We oh, also oh. could have used Sean Gota, who's the only other celebrity I've seen in Soliol. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think yeah, Sean Gota even now could have probably done a done a done a job for us on Sunday. It yeah. was it was an atrocious performance. It really oh, was. It wow. finished Newcastle nil. Villa one, a truly miserable game. Um, Frankie, come on, let's pick the bones out of it again. What what did you what did you make of it? Do, do you fancy talking a bit more about the Simpsons? <laughs> do you want to go season by season? I think we just give up the entire Villa podcast, to be honest. Just start yeah. a new Simpsons podcast. Be much more enjoyable. Yeah. All Simpsons no I don't know. Can't think of a rhyme. <laughs> um still we'll have to think that one through, I think. Um all right, yeah, let's let's look at Villa then. Um Delayed it as long as we can. Look, is that all right? Do you, is that the worst performance you've seen since we started the podcast? And we started just over a year ago. Yeah, so we started it um, January last yes, year. We did, we did. Yeah. So this is this is post dreadful, not dreadful season, post kind of semi relegation season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think of poor performances under Smith. I mean, we obviously went through that run under Smith where we were losing. Yeah. Pretty That's regularly, a, yeah. Probably. But even but even then, I thought in a lot of those performances we were quite unlucky not to get something from those games, like the Southampton yeah. game which we lost, which ultimately cost Smith his job. Even then, I thought you know we probably shouldn't have lost that game necessarily. We sort of conceded early and then just couldn't yeah. really um, find an equaliser. But in this game, we just—I know we had the goal ruled out, but we never looked threatening. No. At all, there no. was not really one moment where I thought, "Yeah, okay, we're we're on top here." But yeah, I mean, I don't know I, if you can think of it. If you can think of a game where maybe I think it was I think bad. The, the worst performance I've seen since we since a year and a bit ago was probably first half against Watford on the first day of the season, mm. where I thought mm, okay, we come yeah. up, I thought we were going to lose that game five 0 at half time. Mm, I was like, "What was happened bad. there?" And yeah. to be honest, the first half against Arsenal as well at the Emirates this season was horrendous. Yes, that was bad. That was when we were yeah. playing the 3-5-2. That's right. I think the Newcastle game over the full 90, at least against Watford second half and against Arsenal second half, we at least sort of showed a bit of fight, had a little bit of a comeback. 
But Newcastle from start to finish was just an absolute horror show, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, you know, a Halloween horror, as the Simpsons would call it. Um, great, <laughs> They are great episodes, those Halloween horrors. Um, yeah. Um, how often did Tyro Mings and Callum Chambers play the ball between each other? Because when they were looking up, there wasn't an out ball, there wasn't an no. option for them. So there was no Douglas Louise wasn't there for him, whether he was man-marked or cut off. You know, the option was a Newcastle player come and blocked him. So Ramsey wasn't there. You didn't have a McGinn there. Um, and then our fullbacks were pushed so far forward that they weren't an option either, really. Mm. So in the end, the two of them were being put under pressure and I don't really blame them for it. They're just lumping the ball forward. Yeah. To the point where we might as well have had Chris Wood up front ourselves, to be honest. Like, yeah. because he's going to win more headers and chest the ball down than Ollie Watkins, because that's not Watkins' strength, really. Um, he's not been he's not always been the best hold-up player. And that's kind of what we were asking him to do yesterday. And it just, you know, it it just didn't work at all. And so you, you look at that and you think, well, what what's the issue here? And you're thinking it's got to be shape, really. Um, that's one issue for sure. Um, you'd perhaps want one of Coutinho Buendia to come back a bit deeper and help out and provide another option because otherwise it was just long ball after long ball after long ball that just wasn't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to look at the players as well, you know. like I, What I'd like to think on this podcast, we're pretty level-headed, right? I don't mm-hmm. think we ever dig out players. I, th- I think we always give, try and give benefit of the doubt and try and rationalise why mm-hmm. something's not gone right. right. But just yesterday, every set piece taken, largely by Douglas Louise, was, was terrible. Can I, you know? I, that's, I mean, that is a question in itself, isn't it? We've got so many talented, skilled set piece takers and and to be honest, I I would I wouldn't necessarily say Douglas Louise is a terrible set piece taker. No, he's not. He's but, not. but but why was he taking pretty much all of them when clearly what he was doing wasn't working? We've got we've got a lot of them. I mean, honestly, we've probably got four or five players on that pitch who could take set pieces. Hmm. So why why was Louise continuing to take them when what he was producing yesterday yeah. just wasn't good enough? It was strange. I don't know whether they've, they've got a very set a set plan on how they take them, but you know the mm. the one with him and McGinn. Um, yeah. I couldn't work out whether that was an attempt to confuse Newcastle, but all it did was confuse me. <laughs> I have no me, idea yeah. what they were whether that that was a miscommunication. But to be honest, there were various miscommunications in this game. At least twice, I can think of Jacob Ramsey and Luca Digne getting in each other's way or confused mm. about who was supposed to take the ball on. Quite a threatening area. Matty Cash get the ball, couldn't beat his man, couldn't get a ball past the first man, would look back and there weren't, there weren't, even if it, there weren't really options for him either. I mean, what, And then also, like, how many passes that just kind of looked a little bit too over overhit or just passed into a blind alley that was going nowhere. Mm. And it happened time and time and time again. And then, you know, what sums it up was in the 78th minute when John McGinn took a free kick and passed it straight to a Newcastle player. Yeah. And you look at that and you think, this is symptomatic of things that have been happening regularly now in recent weeks. Against Brentford, right, we keep using the word sloppy. Mm. Against Brentford, 
first half an hour, we looked really good, really sharp. And Brentford, to my mind, are currently one of the bottom two teams in the league. I think they look awful, if I'm honest. And they were awful against us. They kept passing it out of play, couldn't get anywhere. And we were all over them, 1-0 up. And then for some reason, we just it's almost like a pace dropped. We got mm. sloppy, misplaced passes, lack of concentration. And then the same happened just before half-time against Leeds when they scored their second goal. No one picked up um, Rodrigo. Easy ball into the into uh, across the six-yard box. Dan James winning the goal. And, and then, it, again, it looks sloppy, a lack of concentration. So what does that mean? It, it That surely has to be some level of a lack of leadership, a lack of confidence, a lack of just a lack of composure. Um, you know, it's, it's very rare that I feel a kind of like, you know, you can, you can say that it's shape and it is shape to some degree, but as well, you've got to be like, the players just worked. No one was at it yesterday, really. To sort of play devil's advocate here. Yeah. I mean, do you think it was just the fact that we went through a long spell of not playing a game yeah, and then playing two games in relatively quick succession and the players were just found it hard to adjust to to playing one game after the other after only a few days. Particularly if that game is Leeds, you know, it's, it's yeah. Well, I mean, the way they played against Everton, you think that game against Villa really took it out of them. Hmm. And clearly the game against Leeds for us took it out of us in our performance against Newcastle. I, I would, I, in a weird way, I would say um, it could have been just as basic as that. I think we just looked knackered. We looked tired. We we didn't we didn't have the kind of the hunger, yeah. the energy that Newcastle had. And obviously, playing at home does make a big difference. Um, you know, Newcastle are, are confident. They'd won their previous two before playing us. Yeah. Uh, they had the, the, the you know the fans at St James's Park behind them, which obviously does make a big difference. Um, they brought players in, uh, very gifted players. Obviously, one of them scoring. Quite, you know, unfortunately deflected free kick, but he's mm. been in good form for them. And uh, you know, they they they've 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 got their sort of they've got a bit of a mojo about them now in Newcastle. Um, it probably was a bit of a bad time to play them, to be honest, uh, particularly away from home. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, you know, as I said, I'm not I'm not trying to use these as, as excuses. I'm just trying to look at reasons as to why the performance was as bad as it was because. Mm. There's, you know, and I, I don't want to single out players um, particularly, but I would say McGinn had another bad game. I would, game I would say, I would say it's his third in a row, and I actually wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I mean, Gerard said this himself, and and I and I respected Gerard's uh, quite blunt honesty post match, where he was like, "That's not good enough. That level's unacceptable. I'm going to be making lots of changes for next week's game against Watford." Um, and I wonder if McGinn is going to be one of those players. I wonder if Luis is going to be one of those players. Watkins possibly. Um, but you know, we we went through we went through a couple of games under Gerard where we thought we had our best team. Mm. Um, and and I said after the Leeds game that that game left me with more questions than answers about where we are as a team and who mm. stays, who goes in the summer. And again, I, I, it just did make me think, like you know, who is, who is, you know, who's who do we keep? Who do we who do we replace? I think I think it is a real job for Gerard now to just see, up until um, the summer, who uh, who he does want to keep and who he does want to let go. Yeah, I mean, when Gerard came in, there were a fair few games where he looked very narrow and very hard to break down through the middle. 
that didn't really look like the case yesterday. Um, so you do wonder, does is the loss of Marvellous Nakamba quite important? Um, I certainly think he's far better suited to that role that Douglas Louise is playing. So yes, we currently are playing a player out of position in a deeper role who just doesn't isn't looking great in that role at the moment. I'd say I, don't, I just didn't think it was Doug's finest game, to be honest. Do, do, do you think? Do you think as, as, as well? And, and we talked about this. And I hate sounding like a broken record. I really do. But physically. If you look at Newcastle's team, they had the likes of, you know, Wood, uh, um, Joe Linton, mm. uh, Dan Byrne, Sam Maximan, you know, physical guys, mm. big, strong players across the pitch. And you look at ours and you just think, you know, again, we just don't have that physicality. Well, it, it is the case that when, you send, when Villa send a set piece into the area, I sometimes do look at us and think the only tall player I can see is Mings. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there probably is a case to be made on that. Um, uh, I think, I, I just don't know whether Gerard's trying to play a style of football that with the players we have at the moment, I'm not sure it's particularly hugely suiting them. Uh, yeah, and physicality, I mean, centre midfield gets has been overrun for so long. You know, ever since we came back into the Premier League, there's been games where it just felt the centre midfield fell apart. Um, and we've been saying for ages, you know, imagine a Suchek and a Declan Rice, particularly a Declan Rice, I guess, sat in the middle of that. And it's probably a different story, most likely. So, yeah, I, you know, a, 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 a more composed uh, and physically imposing um, CDM probably does make a difference, I think. But uh, it's not solely that as well. You know, there's there's a variety of little frustrating issues there at the moment. And who knows? I mean, maybe go beat Watford 3-0. It's all hunky-dory again. But <laughs> it's just something yesterday was just very, very off. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, no, like, it, it... Watkins is struggling. I think that's that's part of it. I mean, what did you think of Watkins yesterday? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> We talked about this last season about he he doesn't he can't really catch a break, can he? I mean, even when he does go through a, a bit of a rotten patch in terms of his form and goal scoring, when he does get the opportunity to to score, he, he, he invariably he whacks the ball against the post or the bar or just over or you know a keeper pulls off an incredible save. Or yeah. as we found out on Sunday, it's um it's a marginal VAR oh, call that goes out a goal. Yeah. You know he he's he's very unlucky. He gets into he does to give him credit he gets into positions where if he's not going to score the goals, then his movement will drag players away and mm. provide the opportunities for others to uh, get into space and score themselves. As we saw against Leeds with, with Ramsey's, I think, well, both of his, both of his goals, I think what um, Watkins was kind of involved in, in a, in a sort of more, slightly more passive way. Um, but I, I do wonder whether, uh, Gerard is losing a bit of patience with him um, and, and maybe feels that he needs to be taken out the firing line a little bit um, and might go with Ings. Um, but it's, as I said, it, it's, it's another, it's another question um, that's been sort of thrown into the mix, isn't it? And yeah. It's difficult to know what the answer is. I mean, you know, between Watkins and Ings, there's a great, <laughs> there's a brilliant centre forward there, but um, you know, individually, there's are they lacking in, in certain aspects there's, of their play? 
they're just they're two excellent centre forwards. I'm just, I mean, just yesterday with Watkins, I felt so sorry for him in the sense like, firstly he's out of form, secondly that goal was disallowed. Just I couldn't believe that. And then he's having to play. It's you know seven foot ten Dan Byrne. Yeah, and all the balls getting pumped up to him. You're not going to win headers against Dan Byrne. Really, it's it's a it's a diff, you know it's a player like Chris Wood's going to be winning those sorts of challenges. So it just nothing played to his strengths yesterday, really. No, he, he cut a very forlorn figure again. Yeah, as forlorn as I felt watching it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that's the first time in a long time I've come away from a Villa game just being like, I need to watch the Simpsons and I need to have a drink yeah. and I need to try and not think about it for about twenty four yeah. hours. Yes, I, I think I think that's it. I mean, I mean, yesterday there was a point where when you know I talking about doing the podcast then I just was like, oh, do we have to? You know, yeah. it's always it's always so so much less fun to do a podcast straight after a. A match, um, yeah. particularly when it's when it's. I mean, the defeat's bad enough, but when when there's very little to take from it in terms of a positive slant, then you think, you know, God. And we, and we, we had a much. If you look at Newcastle's eleven. You look at ours. Yeah, much better team. Oh yeah, like, so, like on, on paper for sure. But actually, you know what? I am going to end this particular section on a positive. Oh, it yeah. was genuinely really good to see Leon Bailey back playing. Again, yeah. um, and you know, um, you know, not thinking about his new clothing line, um, but just getting yeah. on the pitch and uh, playing some football. I mean, yeah, it was it was a bit of a cameo, and yeah, he didn't have the impact I'm sure he would have wanted to have. But nevertheless, you know, he's been out for so long. It's um, it'll be great to see more of him, and who knows, he might he might get a start against Watford. He could be one of those players. Um, mm. I, I doubt it, but it'll be great to see him again against Watford and just continue his uh, recovery from injury. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. As the song from Beverly Hills Cop goes, the heat is on. In today's spicy question, it's here where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. So today, George, I'm asking you to sing that Beverly Hills Cop song word for word. All right, maybe not that. I'm asking you, I'm going to try and make it a bit more positive after that Newcastle performance. What is your favourite ever Aston Villa shirt? Oh... Okay, we've had some good, we've had some really good ones over the year. We've had some, we've had some stinkers as well, Frankie. Let's be honest. But, oh, um, most we've, things we've, from the sort of twenty twelve yeah, to twenty. Yeah, actually, can we, can we start? Let's let's start on the stinkers first, and then yeah. I'll build up to my to relegation my season. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you do associate terrible kits with terrible teams, and yeah. I mean, that was a, was that was that um, into it? Was that what we were relegated in? Into it books or something? Oh, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm thinking of? Yeah, I am. Um, I think I've, I just, I just, I think I've tried to erase every facet of that season in my mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it might have been that shirt, but certainly the Genting ones were horrible. Um, the Daffabet ones were a disgrace. Mm. <laughs> You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace. Um, they were bad. And then maybe further back, I hated the DWS season. Hmm. It just looked like cows. Cows, you know yeah. I mean? Cows. Just cows big fan kit. of cows. <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> by cows. cows. But my my favorite kit is what cows produced. 
I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, <laughs> but it was yogurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was the Muller, the Muller kits at the mm. 93, 94 season, I believe. Mm. Cause that was, that was, I mean, first of all, for me, a couple of reasons. I mean, looking back, it's got just that amazing retro look, mainly the away kit. Cause it was just so weirdly, <laughs> it's, it, it's a bit, I think it's a bit marmitey. You know, the one I'm talking about, the color oh, yeah. green, the black, the red one. Like I think, I think if you're not a Villa fan, you look at that and think that is absolutely hideous. But for <laughs> me, I look at it and I just, it just kind of brings me back to that sort of nostalgic era of um, of Aston Villa, where like it seemed to me. I mean, I was obviously very young at the time, but every game felt like it was a it was a night game at Villa Park. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I think maybe because all of our best moments around that time happened. Um, happened uh under the lights at villa park like the uh the, the i think the penalty win against Tranmere, um you know those those sorts of moments and it was it was that sort of season where i first started really getting into really supporting the club they'll take mm. that was when i was first taken to watch villa play but yeah that um that's the stripes and the the muller even the even the sort of the villa crest just all of it i thought oh. and the, the, the collar yeah, I used to, you know, used to do the kind of Cantona collar up um, look. Yeah, so I think, I think for me, just a, that purely personal, for personal reasons, the uh, the Muller yogurt ninety three ninety four kit was was the one. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree that it's a, uh, it's pretty much anything from the nineties just was pretty good. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, even the controversial blue away kit that we had. Oh yeah, uh, I love that one. Yeah, that yeah. was nice. The AST computers. Yeah, AST. Yeah. Great brand that but we bought an AST advantage off the back of that. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was it any good? It basically had a golf game that was like uh Lee Cavallo's putting challenge <laughs> again from the Simpsons, from the Simpsons mentioned. This Simpsons, isn't yeah. a Simpsons podcast. It it was really similar to power drive. Uh, <laughs> Some people will get what I'm talking about with that. Um, 1957 FA Cup final shirt. I like okay. that. It's okay. pretty yeah. unusual. I can't think of another Villa kit really like that. Well, that was, yeah, because it, it's like, yeah, Johnny, was it the one Johnny Dixon's lifting the FA Cup? Mm. There's a picture of he's sort of on uh, someone's shoulders. Yeah. yeah it's quite, quite a famous image, that, isn't it? So that, so that was uh, that was nice. But then... Um, to be honest, my first season supporting Aston Villa in 1992-93 when we finished second in the Premier League. And it was the year of great goals. Dean Saunders scoring from a million yards out against Ipswich. Yes. He had um, Daly and Atkinson's umbrella goal. Mm-hmm. Just that guy running on with that umbrella. Just how, it, was, it was such an amazing goal. But the guy with the umbrella turns it into like a, an actual work of art. Like the celebration yeah, was a work of art. Iconic, yeah. It's absolutely amazing from start to finish. Everything about that goal. Um, R.I.P. Daly, and he was a great player. And um, that shirt, it had the kind of like the little sort of vintage themed 30s kind of like not tassels in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had like a little, I don't know how to describe it really, but like string kind of just in the That's collar. Like, like almost like shoelaces. Yeah, 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 and then of course, Mighty Copiers, which is the first ad- advertising I remember on on a Villa shirt. So mm. that, I think that to me is the one that I, you know, when I'm buried with my photo of the Rock, 
I might be wearing that shirt as well. Um, <laughs> been plenty of good ones. I don't, to be honest, I, I don't love many of the modern shirts at all. No, uh, I know what you mean. I quite. I, I like the, just, Luke, just, the Luke Roper one when we went up. That the Luke was a good one. one. It was that was nice. I think I yeah. think they're just all a little bit samey. In yeah. fact, I, I think I think this year's compared to last year's is almost identical. Mm. I would say I, I always would like to see a much more dramatic and, change between each season's shirts rather than the more subtle changes that we seem to see in more recent seasons. Seemingly very easy to tear this shirt. Happened again. Tyra yeah. Mings' shirt got ripped off. <laughs> Well, I, I I heard that apparently the shirts they sell as replicas and the shirts they actually play with are slightly different. Okay. I think the, the rep- replicas are slightly hardier. I don't know why. Um, perhaps it's because, you know, you know, people people wear them playing sort of five aside and constantly have them in the wash and just use the same kit over and over again. Whereas I think players will probably wear different kits from match to match. Yeah. When they, I don't think they have just a just one one kit to last an entire season. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's possibly the reason why. But yes, I think there is a difference in terms of quality, or at least in terms of yeah durability. And even now, I'm wearing a. I'm actually wearing a 1977-78 season Villa shirt. Oh, very, very nice. simple, little collar, blue and blue and claret collar, claret, blue and claret, claret and blue collar, and uh, uh, just the round badge. You know, the old school round badge. Oh yeah, that's no, right. No sponsors, no no bit bit old school, bit no nonsense. But I, I quite like it. It was it was it was from a good period of time as well for the Villa. You know, Brian Little era and all that. So. Um, so yeah, that's another good one for me. But I think for me, if I had to pick it, be the 92-93 season. That was a it was a good year, good players, good shirt. You know, yeah, I'm all about that, I think. That was the spicy question. And both George and I got a bit nostalgic for our favourite Villa shirts by going all the way back to the 90s. If you have an opinion on your favourite Villa top, you can get in touch with us by emailing allvillanofiller at gmail.com or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Let's look ahead to Villa's next game. Now it's Watford at Villa Park on Saturday. Stephen Gerrard said there'll be big changes. So Frankie, what are you expecting? There could be some surprising changes, yeah. John McGinn's been a bit untouchable for a few years. I can't really think of when he's ever been dropped, and that was the first time I can remember him being subbed off, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was to bet, I'd say he'd start still, because he's quite he's an integral player and he is somebody who scraps and fights and all that. But if I was to guess who might be out, I think Douglas Louise might come out for um, Morgan Sanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carney might be. Do you, do you, I mean, on that on that point, do you think Sanson can cut it as a? To be honest, I'm not sure. Player? I'm not sure that's really his natural position either. To be honest, it's all samey play at midfield as we have. We don't. I mean, look. I mean, Irogbenum, uh, the youth player we got from West Brom. What is he? Nineteen twenty. I know Stan Collymore's been hinting at him being a player and all that. Uh, to be honest, I've seen very little of him. Huge amount of, to, you know, pressure to put on him to suddenly just come in and, and such be a commanding CDM composed on the ball and all that. You know, um, I'm not sure he'll start, but I wouldn't be surprised if he features. Um, but yeah, Morgan Sanson, I, 
he's due a game, isn't he? You know, um, mm-hmm. and Douglas Louise has probably had enough of a chance in that role. So it could be time for a bit of a swap. Uh, Garnet Chukomeka, he could even go into that role, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, maybe even ahead of Ramsey. Um, we'll see. Um, who else could come in? Uh, Danny Ings, possibly, I think you could see starting. And maybe Leon Bailey ahead of one of the Fords, one of Coutinho or um, Buendia. Uh, I'd be reticent to drop either of those, but I could imagine maybe he's a bit pacier, maybe pulls wider. The two of them probably like to sit a bit narrower, although Buendia does come in off the right, to be honest. So, yeah, there's there's going to be changes, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very hard to call what it's going to be. I mean, look, Watford, are are they the worst team in the league at the moment? They've they've got to be up there. (laughs) Yeah. Haven't won quite a while, um, although they did better than us at Newcastle recently where they went and drew 1-1. Um, but I'm sort of... That was a month ago and they haven't scored since. Yeah. And they haven't won in quite a long time. Uh, not since they beat United 4-1 in November, I believe. Good grief. How bad are United? <laughs> um, so, yeah, lost 3-0 at home to Norwich recently. Uh, they're away form, nil-nil at Burnley, uh, lost one-nil at West Ham, lost two-nil at home to Brighton most recently, playing 4-4-2, new manager Roy Hodgson. So, I mean, uh, I mean, to be honest, they might not know quite what to expect from Villa if we're going to mix our team up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but the problem is do we? <laughs> do we know exactly. what to expect from ourselves? Exactly. Um, I. I hate to sound like such a Debbie Downer. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just a bit a bit <laughs> morose about it all. But look, if there's a game that's just mm. set up for us to surely go and get three points, this has to be it, right? Yeah. You know, you've got I think it would be it would be pretty damaging to lose at home to Watford, I have to say. To not even get three points, I think, would be pretty pretty bad. They're in really poor form. They're they're not a good side at the moment. Whoever starts has got to take their opportunity. Um, yes, I think there are some structural issues at the moment, but I, I still think it's surely enough to overcome Watford at home. Do, 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 do you think, do you, I mean, you know, our recent record against Watford isn't great. Is that, is that, is that anything to, to sort of be worried about, do you think? No, I don't think so. Not, not with the form that they're in. Um, mm. uh, like I say, we're in bad form as well. I mean, but, you know, last time we played them at Villa Park, I think we won 2-1, didn't we? It was Esri Konza, uh hit it off Mings's studs for a goal that I truly <laughs> yeah. lost my I'd absolutely lost it. That there's, You know goals where you just, after it, you're, you're in like some kind of euphoria. You've risen to a higher plane. You've, you've left this place and gone to a better yeah, version of the world that was one I, of them. Uh, I was brushing my te- I was brushing my teeth when that goal went in and I just spat Colgate all over the bathroom mirror swallowed your toothbrush <laughs> just vibrating its way through my small intestine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone always looks at you when they meet you they're like what is that sh- what are you shaking what's that is there an earthquake around here or something uh, I just lost it a bit during Esri Conser's or Mings's <laughs> goal <laughs> well, the good thing is we don't have Troy Deeney to haunt us in a Watford shirt. Yeah, is that is blessing. good. Um, Ishmael Assar, is he 
fit at the moment. Uh, I didn't seem to... Well, he started on the bench, surprisingly, uh, against uh, Brighton. Yeah, I, I'm looking at their team and... I mean, other than Saar giving Target a nightmare last time, I mean, we, we were awful at, at Watford earlier this season, first half particularly. We just couldn't get our act together at all. Um, hopefully we don't have a repeat of that. Mm. Um, if, you, if you're looking for a fixture to bounce back, this has to be it. Um, I think we can. And I think we'll beat them. Uh, and I think we'll do it 3-1. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive after an episode of feeling so downcast and uh, you know I, 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 we need we need to give some level of optimism for the future otherwise yeah I know it's, it's been a, a bit of a strange it's been a strange show Frankie sort of so you know there's been a smattering of Simpsons references just to kind of lift the program somewhat I appreciate yeah. that I appreciate you you doing that. <laughs> um, it's needed. It's needed something, hasn't it? So I think you're right. Let's end this show on a positive note. You're saying three-one. I'm going to say I'm going to say two-nil to the Villa. Um, you know, and what I would say is, you know, we did we did say we didn't think we would get a positive result on Newcastle. No, we and were both so, and so leaning we, we, to the negative on that one. We were, so we were sort of spot on with that. So I don't know why we're so surprised. <laughs> I think it's, it's more the level of the performance, I think, has been, the, has been the disappointing factor that we were just so passive throughout it. Yeah. Um, that was the thing. But listen, it's done. We move on. We go uh, again. We, 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 go, we go again. A little fist emoji. We go again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. They, they, that's what you notice from footballers these days on Instagram. It's it's always uh, tonight, today, not good enough. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry to the fans. Uh, next week we go again. Yeah, um, and then, and then that kind of yeah strong arm emoji. <laughs> <laughs> we should start our own little PR team just doing that for footballers. <laughs> just yeah, there's definitely the PR teams generally rising most of it. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But yeah, uh, no, I think I think you know as you say, we will go again. Um, this week not good enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Strong arm emoji, and uh, and yeah, I think we do beat Watford two 0 Okay, thank you everybody for listening and enduring <laughs> that particular show. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you later, Frankie. See you in a bit, George. I bring you love with a final Simpsons reference. Thanks, Frankie. Thank you very much. And it is goodbye from me. We'll be back to review the Watford game. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Thank you.